1: football, Canton, Ohio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I am your host, Stéphane Lako, and you can find me on Twitter at StayFunLeco. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the creator, the OG, Travis May himself. And of course, you can find Travis on Twitter at FF underscore. Travis M Travis I know you've been a little under the weather but h- how are you buddy
2: <laughs> I'm making it man uh the uh the kids had a uh, ear infection and then uh, some kind of cold and then pink eye and then I'm just trailing him so whatever he gets I basically gets uh after him so I'm on the pink eye right now which is super fun by the way Ugh. highly recommend uh, yeah but uh yeah. no that sounds awful that sounds
1: <laughs> awful it's all but, good though I'll I'll, uh, yeah. I'll
2: make it yeah,
1: and you know, I was gonna say, but you know what's not awful? We get to talk about running backs today, and that is always fun. We are in the middle of our the next big thing series where we are discussing college prospects that we think could break out or maybe make a case for it or against it. Uh last week we hit on quarterbacks. We went through um, you know, come a couple of our can't miss prospects and Caleb Williams and Drake May, but then we broke down a ton of other people. I know you and I really like Jordan Travis. Please go listen to that episode. Um, I also wrote an article on it over up on RotoViz. so you can find that there. You can also I posted it on my Twitter. Um, but today we're jumping into running backs, which is very very exciting. And I want to just kind of hear your thoughts overall um, before we kind of jump into the actual you know list of players when you're looking at a Debbie league let's just say we're doing a startup league or a Debbie draft in general. Um, How do you approach the running back situation, knowing that these guys have a little bit shorter of a shelf life um, and therefore getting off to a hot start is is, is crucial Uh, because if you don't, you're out of the league before you can sneeze. Um, So overall kind of thoughts when drafting quarterbacks in a Debbie uh, format.
2: Uh, Drafting running backs. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I think, it's it's funny, but a great place to start is just pedigree because you can find a bunch of the the top level athletes just looking based on a lot of the recruiting rankings and things like that. If you're not familiar with college football, especially, I um, mean, you and I like we're we're paying attention to these guys, you know, years ahead of time, and and in, in some cases, I'm drafting some of these players before they're even to college because I'm in weird leagues. Um, so I'm I'm a little bit more familiar, but if you're not, you can start with the recruiting rankings whether that be at 24 seven sports or or on three or any uh, one of the composites between those two sites are great. Rivals has actually gotten a lot better as well about getting players on platform early. So if you want to dig deeper uh, earlier on players, they'll actually have a, um, player pages on a lot of these top pedigree guys uh, actually before on three and 24 seven, probably because of what they're finding is they're quickly becoming a third place in the industry and trying to find a way to differentiate themselves. Interesting. But yeah. uh, <laughs> So, you know, living, living in, in the weeds of the recruiting space is a great place to, to just start. Because I think uh, when we look at the grand scheme of all, you know, 133, FBS teams, and then a few in interesting FCS players. It can just seem daunting to just try to sift through all that and be like, okay, I'm going to find the right players while sifting through 10000 10, plus players. You know, it's right. just it's it's impossible when you think of it in that through that kind of lens, especially if you're not already doing it. Um, so yeah, just start at the, at the basics with the recruiting, uh, you know, pedigree angle and some of the size, just to get some of the names under your hat. But if you're well beyond that. Um, I'm looking at uh, production profiles at every single position. So, uh, early breakouts are important, but they're less important at uh, certain positions than others. And running back is one where if you just have one really good peak season, um, that can still get you drafted. And so you don't have to have that, a huge breakout true freshman year. Uh, in, in, in some cases you even, you know, go the Josh Jacobs route and you never actually break out in college because you're playing for it in one of the blue blood programs like Alabama. And that's still okay. But I am still tracking some key metrics uh, for running backs, and so not just the obvious uh, film assessment and pedigree, but uh, digging into yards per team play. Uh, you know, receiving yard market share to uh, identify guys who have a receiving upside. Uh, and there are different ways to look at yards per team play uh, on a like per game basis, uh, or on just a like uh, yards per team play as opposed to their teammates in the backfield. Uh, or like with the grand scheme of the offense um, each, each kind of uh, production metric can tell you a little bit, something different, uh, breakaway rate that is breakaway run rate uh, has shown to be a little bit sticky uh, here recently in terms of uh, yielding some solid capital results. Uh, you know, and so that can be helpful, especially a uh, late stage, later years, trying to identify players that, uh, you know, add some value with their legs beyond expectation. And, um, and so yeah, just some key metrics to kind of look for there, you know, yards per team play, uh basic dominator, uh, you know, the percentage of overall production out of the backfield or their or for their team. Um, receiving out of market share and breakaway rate, uh, run rate are, are key that I look at for running backs. Um, and then I, I try to get some verifiable um, you know, athletic measurables for those who have it available. And uh, i which can be tricky been, at this level. It can, it can be. That. Um and you know, if, if if you're not actually working full time in, in the industry, it, it can be tough to get your hands on any kind of spatial tracking data analysis or anything like that. And if you can, that's great because then you can get some verified miles per hour times and then functional athleticism scores and, and whatnot. But, if, you know, if you don't have that, you can at least try to get some verified track uh, times for some of these guys and, and try to project what they might look like uh, come the NFL combine as well.
1: I love it. So let's say you've got um, a draft this weekend. You've got a Debbie draft. How are you going to approach the running back position? Is it something that you want to walk away with from every, like ideally, you'd like to walk away with at least a running back every year. Um, Are you willing to draft a true freshman at the right spot in Debbie? Do you want to only draft people that are entering their final, like their third year? Um, removed from high school so that you can plug them into your NFL squad? How are you kind of looking at it? Um, Or is it like if it's not a top two back, what are some of the things? The reason I ask is I have a lot of Debbie leagues, and I think I have Zach Evans on every one of them. And and, and now I feel a little bit silly, (laughs) you know, uh, because I've been rostering him for three years, and now he's gone to a position where I I don't even know if he's going to be very um, valuable to me. And I drafted him early because he had such high pedigree. So how do you, and I know Debbie is challenging like this, and that's why we love it and hate it. Uh, So how do you kind of approach from the draft? Like, are there certain players that you will never touch? Are there, I've already asked the questions. I don't need to repeat this. Please go.
2: Uh, No, you're good. I I, I do like to prioritize getting some solid running backs, depending on how, how deep your league is. I know like when I was first starting into Debbie fantasy football, where you could roster college players ahead of time, you know, I was only, you know, Drafting two players, you know, two college players, and that was it. So, if that's all you're going for, uh, unless you are going to get like one of the premier obvious slam dunk quarterbacks like Caleb Williams or Drake May, I would pivot uh, and, and still do pivot uh, to, uh, you know, the top skill position players like running back and wide receiver. Uh, this year's a little bit weird because I might recommend taking uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. over anybody, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of skill position players. But normally, the, the number one player I want to target is a running back outside of like the obvious first round projection quarterbacks. Uh, and even, even, even so, I think like a year ago, two years ago, we were already taking B. John Robinson 1.01 because right. Uh, there are certain players that are just safer than others. And I am leaning into um, not, not necessarily just safety, but avoiding players that have any kind of obvious red flags. A lot of the Zach Evans uh, route where there were concerns even dating back to high school Right. Um, you know, whether there's a bunch of legitimate concern uh, with the interpersonal side or not, I have verified that several teams had interpersonal red flags when it came to Zach Evans. And we saw that coming two or three years ago. We were like, ah, oh, but he's super talented. He'll get drafted anyway. No, that's not really uh, how that works. So I think with the Zach, Zach Evans' example, I, I'm just learning to try to avoid any kind of player that doesn't have a, an absolutely spotless kind of resume. Because that gets you in trouble with Zach Evans. That gets you in trouble with Keyshawn Boutte. Uh the players that that don't have the perfect arcs, I really do try to avoid if I can.
1: Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So um let's use this upcoming uh well, let's let's use this upcoming season um m- and move forward here. And and as we go through some of these players, I, I just want to hear your thoughts um on on that safety. And uh I, I I have my players ranked here, the the article will come out soon. Um, After we've chatted, and and, and of course, I'd love to hear where you agree and disagree. But is there um, when you mentioned Bijan and and going after him, um, like even a couple of years ago as a 101, are there any running backs looking ahead that you feel that safe? I'm talking about uh, underclassmen here. So not not referring to Rocket Sanders or Trevion, but but beyond that, that when we're looking at the 25 or the 26 class, are there any guys that you're like, yes, prioritize them? right now, even though they might be true freshmen or, you know, a Quinshawn Judkins who just had an amazing true freshman season. Are you willing to, like, take Quinshawn Judkins with your fourth, fifth, sixth overall pick early in the first round because he's special or within being a freshman, so much can change. Um, it's also just a long wait before he's on your NFL team. And and this is not, we're not talking c to c right here uh, where you would be getting points like College to Canton pod, um Huh. podcast i'm just saying you yeah. sit coming right after it um but in a college to League where you're getting these points already of course taking a freshman that's getting work is great but when it's a Debbie league and you're waiting four years does that change for you should it change for you
2: uh the Quinchon example is interesting because he wasn't a top pedigree guy like i mentioned up top at the beginning of the show uh but he is somebody who came in and and proved to be a massively Impre- I mean, just incredibly impressive, uh, massive producer at the position, um, who outproduced a guy who was a draft pick and was older than him and, and had all the tools in the world. And so I am confident in taking a Quinchon Judkins over, um, you know, a lot of guys that you might be able to get next year. Uh, but I am at the same time, not necessarily ranking him over a uh, Nicholas Singleton, um, you know, just just based off of one strong true freshman year, because I think we can overreact and uh, ignore the fact that Nick Singleton is actually maybe a superior athlete and superior prospect, um, even if he was sharing a lot of work with his fellow true freshman in Allen in uh last year. And I don't have access to his entire profile of spatial tracking data, but I will say that uh, there are multiple teams who are already excited about Nick Singleton uh, now, like in, after just his true freshman year, like when they... Uh, talk to me about uh, various players that they are excited about, so uh, just to seeing how they'll test and uh, how how early they'll get drafted. Like Singleton's name came up more than any other running back in all of college football, and he's not even eligible for two more years. Um, wide receiver wise, that player that came up in, in multiple conversations more than anybody else was Xavier Worthy because his uh, actual in game translatable athleticism, as measured by you know the chips that are in the pads, uh, was just incredible too. So I- I'm not. Um, overvaluing Quinchon Judkins and taking him over a guy that I still have higher, like Nick Singleton, but I am, you know, considering him over uh, quite a few of the guys that I would say have day two upside uh, at the position for next year.
1: Okay. So even, even though you have to wait, the upside will put, okay. That that's good to know. Is there a kind of a a rule of thumb for you when it comes to, a true freshman. So someone, not not a true freshman from last year, but a guy like, uh, let's let's throw Ruben Owens from Texas A&M, not draft eligible until 2026, uh, but a high recruit going to an offense that we just saw utilize um, running backs extremely well. While their offense isn't the most prolific at Texas A&M, or at least hasn't been the last couple of years, uh, we have seen them give running backs the opportunity to produce and get drafted. So a guy like Ruben Owens, who we've never seen play a down of college football, just using him as a game example. So you don't have to talk about him specifically unless you want to, but how do you feel about those high pedigree, high four star, five star running backs um, entering? Where do you feel comfortable on a given year selecting someone like that? Or do you not really jump into that when it comes to Debbie?
2: You know, I used to just put that approach entirely thinking, man, what am I doing? I taking somebody three years out at least. Uh, but but then I think back to like prior drafts from years ago uh, when uh, I remember seeing multiple boards like where you could draft, you know, guys who are still like a high school senior um, and, alongside players who were actually incoming rookies in a couple of leagues of mine. And I remember like seeing the same name go like one, two in multiple leagues is like somewhere like the second round or like late second round or maybe it was early third or something. I would see KJ Hammer's name come off the board. A, a verified day two NFL draft pick. And then the very next pick, uh, or no, the, the, the pick right before him was actually Trivion Henderson yeah. from Ohio State, who actually wasn't even in college yet. And I remember thinking, wow, uh, you know, I don't even normally make that pick a year from now. Like, am I doing this wrong? And I, I think I was. And, and it may seem insane to take a player, uh, you know, who's coming in as a true freshman over somebody who's got verified NFL draft capital, especially if you don't play in, uh, you know, Debbie fantasy football leagues, but there's just a vast difference, uh, between the upside of, of somebody who looks like a true round one NFL prospect and somebody who maybe if you squint, uh, might be a day two pick, but he misses some key thresholds like, uh, like Hamler did at the time. And so, um, I'm not afraid of that upside anymore. I'm definitely not like for even guys who are eligible next year for running backs or wide receivers. Even if I don't think there's a, you know, over 50% chance that a running back is going to be at least day two, if not early day two next year, I have no problem uh, going for somebody like a Cedric Baxter, uh, Ruben Owens, you know, somebody like that, uh, or justice Haynes, uh, who looks like he could be a a real factor as a true freshman for Alabama. Uh, There are several players that I consider, uh, depending on how deep my leagues are, uh, even as early as, you know, like the the premier top like top tier running back in each class, I'm, I'm considering inside round two of like newer Debbie, Debbie drafts.
1: Okay. Yeah. So how many in a given year, how many true freshmen do you feel comfortable, uh, taking, do they have to be like, you gotta be a five-star and have a pathway or, does the pathway not even matter? Because hey, this is nil land now, and they'll probably be moving on to a new place to get work if they didn't get it yet.
2: It doesn't have to be a perfect pathway. Like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, okay, he's going to come in and be, uh you know, a twelve hundred plus yard from scrimmage guy. Like that's just not what normally happens anyway. Especially in this day and age of transfers and and teams just leaning on, on veterans and older players. So. Uh, there, there are. It's not all about opportunity, but like if there's a messy situation, uh, like the Alabama, uh, Alabama backfield, and I'm not going to take a Richard Young, uh, especially when I'm already thinking that Justice Haynes is the guy from this class for Alabama that is actually going to feature in that offense. Um, and there's already a bunch of other other bodies, uh, bodies there. So I think there is a certain threshold of immediate opportunity implied. Uh, that I'm going to be expecting and hoping for if I'm going to be taking them inside, you know, round two of a Debbie draft or round three or something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, let's, um, anything else you want to say, just kind of about how you approach the position before we head into a break and then actually get into some of these names.
2: No, let's, let's do it. Let's jump right in. All right. We'll
1: be right back out of this break.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: All right, we are back. Travis, I sent you my top 51 running backs and we're not going to have time to talk about all 51 running backs today um we but i do want to talk to you about a lot of them so let's jump in i'm going to give you um my first tier of running backs and even within this tier it's kind of um well we'll talk about it because you got two guys who will be eligible next year then two guys that we got to wait for so um i've got trevion henderson raheem Rocket sanders nicholas singleton and then quinshawn judkins as my first tier again with those second two you got to wait a little longer so maybe that's like a 1a and 1b uh, but these are this is how i rank my top four any problem with them in the, with this group and then would you have them in the same order
2: you know when you're talking about tiers i think that's that's key to do not to necessarily get the order perfectly uh, but just to kind of understand like okay this is if if I don't hit this player, I'm probably pivoting to another position, um, unless all of my tiers in the similar range are gone. And so I don't I don't mind uh, tearing them like this. I would actually add uh, Braylon Allen to the mix, probably just be, because of the uh, offensive change incoming in for Wisconsin, and he's going to get an opportunity to prove that he can catch passes. And we already know Braylon Allen is an absolute freak of an athlete that you know came in and dominated college as a, as a true freshman at age 17 and so you know he's he's in a prime spot, spot to uh just absolute beast at six foot two 240 ish pounds and have his best season ever uh at, you know coming off of back to back 1300 100 yard seasons he could also have you know 1200 rushing yards this year just, just like he did before but then add 30 or more receptions and then we're thinking oh my gosh he's actually the running back one and so i would actually i would put him up into the the tier with Trevion Henderson and Rocket Sanders for next year. And then I have no problem putting both uh, Nick Singleton and Quinshaw Jud- Judkins up there in my kind of top five running backs for uh, college football and uh, Debbie fantasy f- uh, formats. Cool.
1: So one of the interesting things um, with this group, again, like we said, is we've got some 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 young guys and some, some people who we think will declare next year. My question is uh, specifically around those top two. If you have the ability to take the first running back off the board, wherever that might be, uh, who, who are you leaning bef- between the two? You mentioned people have been on Trevion Henderson since high school. Um, Rocket Sanders has really ascended. Um, we were talking him uh, about him in this range last year, but not many people were. He, he really went out and proved it last year. Uh, we were speculating and we were right, uh, but now he's, his name is in here. Which one are you... Do you like better? Who do you think gets drafted first?
2: I really like both of them. And if Trevin Henderson comes back and is half of what he was uh, as a true freshman, it's going to be really tough for him to not be the first overall running back taken next year. And all of the early mock draft uh, data uh, tends to uh, agree that it looks like there's a great chance he is an early round uh, draft pick, if not a first round draft pick. He uh, and R- Rocket Sanders right now are going in the late first round in terms of like collective mock draft data that I've I've pulled from uh, about 20 uh, or more different mocks, actually nope, just it's 30 now (laughs) that I've already pooled and uh, kind of done some profiling and and built out some modified consensus rankings uh, to try to pull out my own opinion. Um, And it does look like Henderson is probably the best odds on bet to go first. And so I would lean him, but uh, there's not a big gap between him and Rockets. Uh, and then Braylon, of course. I think that all three uh, have a high, high likelihood of being top fifty NFL draft picks next year.
1: Yeah, And I like saying it as top fifty because that—that uh, that, I think that's a little bit more specific than just saying within the first two days, you know. Which, well, like,
2: yeah, because I mean, he, the end of day
1: two was pretty different than being early round two. <laughs> oh,
2: seriously! And in the last three years in a row, we've only seen three running backs go inside the first two rounds. Which is kind of crazy to, to think that uh, you know, we used to see you know eight, eight running backs go inside like the top sixty eight or nine picks and, and stuff like that back in the in the day, yeah, um, you know, decade and a half ago. But uh times are changing.
1: Yes, they are. Well, let's let's keep moving here. Um the next tier for me, uh you mentioned Braylon Allen. He is in in this tier for me, um, although I, I like your argument. Um, but then we've got Will Shipley and Donovan Edwards. All of these guys are are eligible to come out next year. Um, I think Will Shipley and Donovan Edwards, I know Donovan Edwards might not be technically the lead back at Michigan, but to me, he is the better back. He's also, you know, a year younger than Blake Corum. Um, so I like these, t- these three. We already talked a little bit about Allen, but I like these guys a lot because they're very involved um, in their offenses. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, Clemson with their new offense. He talked about how um, – Wisconsin was changing up things. So is Clemson. And uh, we also have a new quarterback there with Clubnick. It'll be interesting to see if Will Shipley is more involved in the passing game. Um, what do you think happens here? And uh, again, basically, as we go through these tiers, just tell me what you'd change and and what you like and then talk about some of the players.
2: Sure. Uh, so I have, uh, you know, Will Shipley is is definitely up, up there. And I think uh, with the offense this year, he's going to have some space to run. And that might even be more efficient than he has been. And uh, should probably have a really strong final year that uh, gets him, you know, going somewhere around the, uh, you know, round two, round three turn in next year's draft. And so I think he's up there for sure. Don- Donovan Edwards, and we saw him flash even as a true freshman against, I guess it was Northern Illinois, where he like averaged like what was it, eleven yards per touch and a couple scores. And then he had that one game, uh, I was either against uh, Penn State or Mar- Maryland, where he had, he had ten receptions as a, at running back as a true freshman, and. Um, you know, we, we thought, okay, this guy is special. And then we saw what he did uh, from Thanksgiving this past year on uh, having back to back to back games, you know, where, with over 20 carries had that 200 plus yards against Ohio state. Uh, and so it's just, it looks like he is perhaps even more special than Blake Corum. So yeah, I, I lean with him uh, in, in this tier as well. I would actually also uh, add Trey Benson out of Florida state okay. all the way up into this tier personally. Uh, just because wow. he's an absolute freak when it comes to missed uh, f- tackles forced. Uh, and and just when it comes to how I believe he'll test, uh, I think he'll be fantastic. I think he's going to have the best year yet this year. Uh, he's line to be uh, more of a feature this year for Florida State. So, uh, you know, really a special kind of player. If the medical is actually clear out, uh, clear for him, uh, he could go actually ahead of either of these guys. So uh could be – You know, top five running back in next year's class, depending uh, you know how how things play out this year.
1: Oh, I like that, and he's a former Oregon transfer. um, Well, not yes, he is former (laughs) Oregon player who transferred. Uh, So, love rooting for him, and of course, I think Florida State, man with with you saying this, I I mean, I had him um, 14th overall for me. So you're you're higher on him, which I respect. Um, And with Jordan Travis and him, that could be a, a pretty fun offense. Uh, not to mention, we didn't talk about the news of Keon Coleman, uh, Michigan State wide receiver transferring to FSU as well. So definitely a, a fun offense we're going to have there potentially. Um, all right, let's keep moving down here. You mentioned Blake Corum. I've got him in this next group. I've also got uh, Branson Robinson and Kendall Milton. Um, and then I'll throw uh, Cedric Baxter in here as well. Uh, this group right here, Blake Corum, of course, has proven it. I get a little bit worried that he might not get the draft capital that we're hoping for or that some people who drafted him are hoping for. Um, but uh, Milton and Robinson, uh, <laughs> both Georgia running backs, and then we've got a uh, true freshman who you mentioned earlier, C- Cedric Baxter Jr.
2: Yeah, I, this this year is pretty fun. Um, what, what's interesting about Georgia, though, is just th- – the. They could be really frustrating again this year. So yeah. last year, uh, when when uh, Branson came in and limited action, he actually seemed to be like, okay, this this guy might be the best guy on the team already, uh, just because he looks like he's super explosive, he's strong, uh, and so I want him to be the guy like with Milton this year to be just like that that ferocious one two monstrous punch. But I, what I think is actually going to happen is they're going to uh, have uh, Dajan Edwards be uh, the Kenny McIntosh from last year. Right. And he's actually going to outproduce both of them. And <laughs> then we're going to see uh, a year where Edwards sneaks into some late round capital and Milton sneaks into some late round capital because he didn't have a really strong finish to his career. Uh, but we don't see the upside of what could have been with Milton because um, he, I don't know, he really never developed as a receiver. And so I, I do have a problem with that. Uh, and I don't think he's as, maybe it's just because he's, you know, on the same team as Branson Robinson, who is, is ridiculous. Uh, he doesn't look as strong as him. So uh, I, I don't necessarily like Milton this high, but I do like Quorum in this conversation. And I do like that you add uh, Baxter into this spot because this is the sweet spot where I'm thinking, okay, we are now in the conversation of like, I, I no longer confidently say these guys have a 50% shot at, uh, you know, early to mid round two. yeah, uh, And so Baxter though is in, in a prime spot to come in and, uh, you know, basically, just follow the Bijan route and be Bijan 2.0 for Texas. So, I like him there. He is my uh, highest rated running back. It's really close. I'd also actually maybe even add uh, Justice Haynes out of Alabama in there now, knowing he's probably going to get a lot of work as a true freshman uh, for Alabama. So, but yeah, so, like overall, yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting tier because I think this is where things really start to diverge and, and separate for most people.
1: Right, because up until now, we're talking about guys who have have everything that we've talked about. They've got a good recruiting profile. They've got solid production behind them. And, and we kind of know what to expect. But this tier and forward, it's a lot of questions. So uh, I think, I think yeah, this is probably where there's a lot of changes. I like that you brought up Haynes because I get so nervous about that Alabama backfield. I see like six names in my top 51. Not really, but a lot. And I've actually got Haynes pretty far down, Um, but I think that just might be because I've been burned by so many Alabama running backs. Uh, Kamar Wheaton comes to mind. (laughs) I mean, uh, there's a lot of them. So I like that you feel confident in him. Uh, This next tier that I want to talk about includes another Alabama running back, and that's Jace McClellan. And uh, so maybe we can talk about him a little bit um, in regards to this Alabama room. Uh, I've also got Trevante Citizen. Um, Trey Benson, who you already mentioned, and then um, my running back two for this upcoming class in Reuben Owens, who we, we kind of briefly mentioned earlier. So um, Citizen, McClellan, Benson, and Owens for me in this group. Uh, talk a little bit about um, kind of, yeah, the McClellan factor in Alabama, what you kind of... I mean, you, you mentioned you think Haynes is already going to get work now. Um, so does that mean McClellan is probably a bust
2: because <laughs> a no, lot of people were taking him
1: pretty early uh last year and the year before
2: yeah you know he was supposed to be a thing i mean back when he was a true freshman he was like uh, he had a few games where he did something and, and a lot of people because he had uh, some top tier pedigree thought that he was going to be uh the guy and have a, a bigger role and uh, he hasn't had the perfect career arc uh, a couple of opportunities um you know could have been brighter for him um uh, but in this final year, he might have that Brian Robinson season where he's still like the lead guy, and Haynes is that strong number two. Uh, and Roydell, uh, Roydell is like a three.
1: And Emmanuel there. Henderson and so, is just
2: wide receiver now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's converted. So I think there's a, there's a really good chance that McClellan is still like the lead uh, toucher of the football <laughs> out of the backfield uh, for the, 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 the tie this year, and they really want to lean uh, in that direction a little even even more so even more so this year so uh yeah i i still have confidence he gets some kind of draft capital i'm just not certain that it is you know early uh day two like i i can see him uh sneaking into the back end of round three or just being like an early early uh day day three t- type of player but i don't see like a, a immense upside like uh, a lot of people would thought
1: yeah and and do you think this is a a good tier for him or given your questions, would you want to push him back even a little further and maybe go for some, some younger guys before going for him?
2: I would be perfectly perfectly fine in this spot going uh, for some younger guys. Uh, but I, I get going for it because he's probably right on that fringe where uh, like his floor for draft capital is what, like round five probably next mm-hmm. year. So like he's got to get drafted and if he goes to the right opportunity, you get to see what he becomes faster. So I get that. But, I would also understand if somebody wanted to go with uh, a Ruben Owens, like you mentioned, uh, uh, of uh, Texas A&M because of the opportunity that we just saw uh, Devin A. Chain have there. I mean, like when you look at the uh, touches distribution last year, I mean, especially just out of the backfield, uh, it's just no comparison at all. Like it was 196 carries for A. Chain, and the second second back had uh, 36 carries. Like, like that's That's crazy. I mean, he had 232 touches on offense, no wide receiver, no running back, no, any other player on that team had even 60. And so when they have a good special player, uh, they have no problem leaning in on on him and and going with him. I know know it's a new offensive coordinator play calling situation uh, this year, but at the same time, like Owens is pretty special. So I, I, I'm pretty confident he's going to come in and be the best, best running back. You know, probably by week four or five this year. Uh, And so if that does happen, uh, huge, huge upside. uh, Basically,
1: if you're in a Debbie league and you want to have Ruben Owens, you need to draft him now or you're never going to have him because someone's going to take him.
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, if if you're talking about getting him him as like a tier four, like running back, you know, 13, 14, 15 overall uh, in your league, there's no way he's that uh, cheap next year. Not not a chance. Right.
1: Uh, anyone, else, oh, Travante Citizen. I'm so nervous about Miami, uh, personally. Um, Mario can build an offensive line. I don't know if he can build an offense. Uh, there it is, I said it. Um, <laughs> um, how do you feel about Travante Citizen? This almost feels too high for me, and I'm the one who put him here. And uh, <laughs> But everyone else seems to be bought in, so I'm like, I'm clearly missing something. So talk to me about Travante Citizen, or either confirm that I should lower him or uh, tell me why he's safe here.
2: I think there's a good chance he comes in and, and is immediately the most productive guy there. Uh, but yeah, I, I have concerns, of, concerns about what they'll look like as a team, and so uh, yeah, I, this is a little bit higher than what I, I would have him go. Uh, but I get swinging for the upside of who, who we thought he was going to be last year. Uh, so let's let's just hope, hope he comes back and he's 100 from day one. And, uh, he's he is who everybody thinks but he's he's not going to be on any of my teams uh, because there's just too many other guys that i would rather invest in at, at running back or other positions over him where uh, i see him uh, having to go in most of my leagues this year
1: yeah no that, that, that that's good I, I kind of felt that way too so i will be moving uh citizen down is there anyone that you would put in this this tier four uh which which is where we're at right now um with these guys with the mcclellan I think some, role. you know,
2: we didn't, didn't even mention uh, Jamarian Miller um, uh, at Alabama. Oh, in the
1: Alabama room, right.
2: Yeah, because a lot of people uh, thought he was going to be the guy from last year's class, and, and I think he might be, and I think he probably is going to be from that group, but I don't think he's as impressive as Justice Haynes is. So he could be that guy who is is around for three or four years and just constantly is like Alabama, is running back two or three, uh, and then as a year four or five. Like has one big future season, but he's not like a, oh my gosh this is a top uh, you know forty NFL draft pick uh, kind of player for me. Uh, he's just never been that in that uh, kind of conversation. Uh, I, I was impressed by his late surge uh, through through high school, uh, but uh, you know, he's fine. <laughs> but but I, I'm not uh, reaching for him at all. But I, I I've seen several people put him as a name up into this conversation probably based on him being an Alabama running back right, uh, and, and eventually being the guy. But, uh, no, and I think uh, there aren't a bunch of names that I would be scrambling to to move up the, vo- the board and rank higher here, uh, given that was your, I think, original question.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, next tier five, I do have Jamarian Miller in that. I also have uh, Devin Neal from Kansas. Jaden Ott, after a really, really strong uh, freshman season at Cal, um, and then I've got uh, McCaskill from Houston and of course Miller who we just mentioned. So uh, this is that tier five group. Um, again, a couple of 24 um, eligible players in Neal and McCaskill. And then uh, the others you got to wait a little longer. Again, I think Jade not is an interesting story because um, he had a decent recruiting profile, but you know, Cal is a pretty terrible offense for the most part, uh, but he really <laughs> produced, he was their offense for the most part. Um, I don't know what that means. I would have, like, if he would have done that same season at USC, I'd probably have him in my top 12, you know, but uh, at Cal, uh, I don't know if he'll be able to produce again. They also brought in Byron Caldwell from Oregon, who I'm very high on, um, not necessarily as much anymore for the NFL, but at least to, to steal some production from Ott. What are your thoughts here um, in this in this tier five range? Um, and start off with a little bit of conversation around Ott, if you don't mind.
2: Sure. I mean, Ott was, I I don't remember what his production was in like the first four or five weeks of last year, but he went from, you know, undrafted in in shallow Debbie Leagues uh, completely to like, holy cow, he's a a mid round kind of upside play in every single league that I'm in uh, for college decanting purposes. And even in Debbie Leagues, people were starting to rank him much higher. Well, I don't think that he's like an elite level uh, athlete. Uh, or possesses like uh, otherworldly straight line speed, I, I think that he's going to produce and, and be a guy that's uh, if he wants to leave early after three seasons is actually going to be uh, you know late day two kind of projection. Uh, probably not ever going to get to the spot where I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to be a, a day one starter in the NFL. Uh, but uh, I think that's that we're entering that range of guys that uh, we're less sure had that ceiling, and so I'm fine taking uh, the projection play. Or based on his uh, production alone, because his production profile, depending on how you, like what you prioritize, uh, could be the most impressive. Um, yeah, forty six
1: receptions, forty six yeah. receptions last year.
2: Yeah, really, really impressive stuff uh, from a true freshman at a program that is not great at, at all. And so, uh, definitely like to see that. I would also put uh, Trevor Etienne uh, in Florida in in, in this yep. conversation, in, in this tier, um, like other a few other. Uh, 2025 guys, I mean, we already talked about uh, Branson Robinson. Oh, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, the guys that I would put up in this range. Oh, K. Tron Allen. The other half of uh, Penn State's backfield uh, has to be in this range for me just because uh, to warrants uh, seeing as much work as he did when you're sharing the backfield with Nick Singleton, uh, that's, that's really promising. So I think he eventually sees draft capital as well. So uh, he's somebody that I have to have up in this bunch. Uh, you know, Definitely don't don't let him drop out of your top 20 uh, running backs in college football right now.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly where we just finished is with number 19. I have both uh, Etienne and Allen in my top 25. Uh, I've got this next tier right ahead of them, and, and you can tell me uh, what your thoughts are. But let's go back to Texas. We, we talked about them earlier with um, Cedric Baxter, but they do have Jadon Blue, who made headlines when he um, skipped his senior season um, so that he could prepare for being a running back at Texas. We haven't really seen him do a whole lot yet. Um, then I've got the transfer uh, Marshawn Lloyd. He's going to be down at USC with Caleb Williams and company. And then the, the man who just won't go away, uh, Mayan Williams uh, from Ohio state. He featured quite a bit last year. Um, Coming back kind of surprised me a little bit. It's gonna hurt Trevion's production. Uh, but Mayan Williams, I think, can can end up getting some, you know, late draft capital, uh similar to like what we were talking about with uh with McClellan, where I, I think he gets drafted. I'm just curious uh where, because that will make a huge difference because it probably won't have a whole lot of draft capital with it. But I do <laughs> think he'll get picked in the sixth round or something like that. You know, what do you what do you think? And maybe that's yeah, wh- a good reason why I should have ATN and Allen ahead of ahead of him, excuse me.
2: Yeah, I think so. Just because, like, once you get into the range of like, man, I, I, he's probably a day three pick. Like, I'm, I'm much less interested in that, even if I've got to wait another year uh, in in swinging for the fences a little bit more with a guy that I think has a little bit higher upside than him. But I, I will say that my, my Williams is going to be a fan favorite for many, kind of like how Roshan Johnson kind of surged yeah. late. You know, people were like, "Oh man." He, he, the only reason he didn't produce was because he was behind Bijan. He's got all these stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he could be fine. He he could be serviceable. That's exactly, that's
1: exactly the narrative I, I foresee.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, Ryan Williams is probably not going to be the lead guy as long as Trevion Henderson is healthy this year. And so it's like, oh, he, he would have done this. And so there's like built in excuses to that kind of profile and he runs in such a fun way like you want to root for him and so a lot of people are going to be like oh he's a top five back for me this year and, and it's like no sorry no, <laughs> it's just uh he's he's like a he's a day 3 talent and that's cool and so if you're at a point where you just need bodies on your NFL roster and uh, you don't want to wait 2 or 3 years I get it but I would go in, in a different direction like even though I I have less confidence in a Jaden Blue like you said in this tier I would actually much prefer him Knowing uh, what I believe is possible for him at Texas, um, in, in his you know expanded role post Bijan and Roshan world, uh, and then uh, Marshall Lloyd I'd also prefer. Uh, really, the only reason I, I don't think we're way high on him is because of uh, how his career began with injury, and right. uh, you know I think he has a really strong season in one of the best offenses in the country this year, and so I, I would take either one of those. Uh, over Lyon Williams and uh, Lloyd might be one of, the, one of those players that uh, rises way, way, way up from this tier, and we, we we look back on this thinking, "Wow, why did we see that coming?" <laughs> I um, have
1: him in a, quite a few leagues because he was yeah. again a high recruited player, and so it's like, "Oh, good, this this might help him." <laughs>
2: yeah. So, and if he, you know, if he has clear medicals, like I'm, all, I think I'm like all in with him being an earlier pick.
1: You you've kind of gone. we we've, we've gone through. Um, 25 ish names now between you and I, are there any, any players here? We'll, we'll, we'll still go for a little bit here, but would you have mine Williams in your top 25 or would you drop him pretty far outside of that?
2: Uh, He would be like really close to that fringe in terms of like overall uh, running back ranks, but he would probably just miss that cut. Cause even guys like Bucky Irving, from Oregon. I can't believe you yeah. mentioned it. <laughs> I he's, probably, he's on
1: my list. He's on my list. He's yeah, just, I would probably prefer number him. 50. He's number 50 on my list.
2: And uh, like if uh, Jarquis Hunter didn't just get suspended indefinitely by Auburn because of uh, I some really that. weird stuff. When did that uh, happen? I mean, uh, just like last week. And oh. they, they really, it's been, it's just one of those things that you can't even like say on TV. Okay. Um, like <laughs> the right sta- in the right station. So yeah, um, he might just be done. Uh, but he would have been, you know, way higher, way, way, way higher, uh, than even 25th for me. I was really high on him, but, uh, he uh, made some bad decisions and, uh, I really don't want to get into it, but he, he might just be done. So people can look uh, it up
1: if they want to. I have one other name in my top 25 that I want to hear your thoughts on. And that, uh, another great freshman year of now, a little bit skewed because he put up most of <laughs> most of his numbers against my buffs. Um, but uh, that's Damian <laughs> Martinez for Oregon State. He kind of took on the role. Uh, now they got DJU coming in. It's pretty solid offense, really strong offensive line. Uh, do you like Damian Martinez? Uh, again, going to wait a little while. Uh, we're not exactly sure. It's not like Oregon State's been producing stud running backs uh, year after year. But they do have uh, a bit of a track record with a few. Uh, do you think Damian Martinez is, is worth a top 25 ranking?
2: Yeah, I think we just got scarred with uh, Jamar Jefferson. We we all thought he was going to be a thing, Man. and then uh, it's like it's like the NFL was like, "Eh, it's a, it's it's Oregon State. What are we doing?" And, Man, and so, Jamar
1: Jefferson was the f- I remember him because like that was one of the first articles I wrote. I was like, I planted my flag yeah. on Jamar Jefferson, and then he got like day three capital. I was like, Well, I'm an idiot. Well, I mean,
2: <laughs> he was so good. It's like there's so many uh, really good college running backs that uh, just don't really have it trait wise. And I'm I'm not certain that uh, Martinez is different there. I think he's he's a little bit better projection, um, given well in hindsight especially, uh, but uh, I wouldn't say that he's safe at all for day two capital. So I mean, Oregon State went ten and three last year. This is this is not your older brother's uh, Oregon State. Like they they might actually be really really good again this year. But at the same time, uh, I think I just have to be a little bit conservative when it comes to. Uh, you know Martinez. That is, uh, he he did put up over over a thousand yards last year. That's cool. But uh, I, I would actually want like uh, another Pac-12 running back over him, in uh, Jaquinda Jackson. Out of uh, Utah, converted quarterback originally at Texas, transfers out, uh, realizes he's still not going to get playing time as quarterback, so he changes to running back. And they have injuries, and then like holy cow, this guy might actually be our best running back, and, and now he might actually have a kind of feature workload season uh this year depending on how things go and uh, so i I'm, I'm pretty high on uh Jaquinda jackson uh, having a really solid year for utah
1: and again he'll be he's draft eligible too so you can maybe even you now he might stick around a lot i do have him in my top 50 um i'm gonna go through just if you don't mind here for the last uh 10 minutes or so just a couple of names that are i'm not gonna i didn't really break out the tiers beyond uh, the top 25. Um, So I'm just going to throw some names out there, maybe players who uh, had high recruiting pedigrees or or players that we've been excited about, or maybe haven't heard of yet, but will. And then I want you to throw in a couple of names that, that I've forgotten to ask you about, but we mentioned Kamar Wheaton earlier. Well, I did. Uh, What are your thoughts on him transferring to SMU? Um, Of course, LJ Johnson also at SMU. Can you talk about both those guys? I have them both within my top 35. Um, Is that too high? Do you have any hope for either of these guys? Again, both of them are eligible after this year. Um, Do you think, They can put something together that gets either one of them drafted, or do you think that this is, uh, these would be wasted picks and you'd rather, you know, dip into the 25 or 26 draft eligible players?
2: Yeah, I think SMU is really interesting. Uh, I'm not really sure what they'll look like this year, uh, out of the backfield. And every year I feel like I pick the wrong SMU running back. (laughs) Right. Um, I find a way to, you know, buy into or, or or trust in in key moments in my college side of leagues uh, with these SMU guys, and it's a bad decision somehow. Uh, and really, that's been that's been dating back to, I don't know I don't know, ten years for me. So maybe that's that that bias is clouding my judgment. But I think <laughs> yeah. uh, one of those guys uh, is going to go off. I, I think I would pick Wheaton to be the guy uh, just because I, I believe in his. Uh, Athletic upside just a little bit more. Well, I like the the tenacious run style and approach to the game that uh, LJ Johnson does have. I think the home run kind of threat is is Wheaton, and so I want to kind of go with him if I'm picking between either of those guys.
1: Yeah, do you think they belong in like the top thirty, or is that you know too much question around around them for that?
2: I think I'd much rather go. Uh, with uh, kind of a swing at a uh, younger play with pedigree, uh, you know, other true freshmen in this, in this class, um, you know, other power five guys. Who, like, who's this point, another if,
1: true freshman that you, you would consider in this range because it does seem like, like Reuben Owens and Cedric Baxter are the clear one and two from this class. Um, I, I've got um, in this range, I've got Roger Robinson uh, from Georgia yeah, You've already, of course, mentioned Haynes from Alabama, and then uh, uh, Seldon in Tennessee is a guy who who made my top 50 barely.
2: Yeah, Cam Seldon, who we didn't know if he was going to come in as a wide receiver or just like an athlete designation or right, running back. Like right now, he's been with the running backs uh, this spring out of the backfield some. They're just basically going to use him as an offensive weapon. Uh, I really like S- Seldon and, and his profile uh, just physically. Like but you might be there. drafting
1: a wide receiver. <laughs> a oh, either way, though, like, yeah,
2: yeah. Even if you're drafting a wide receiver in that system, he's gonna put up, put up bonkers numbers, and so yeah, like he's already like 210 pounds at least, and so I, I really am extremely interested in somebody like Selden. and so that's I'm definitely definitely looking his way, and then even like Quentin Joiner at USC, uh, Braswell, uh, you know, uh, South Carolina. a few other names that i would be really interested in that may have early opportunity uh you know that i would probably prefer over uh guys that i'm I'm hoping hit at a a g5 program
1: yeah a couple of guys that um that were highly recruited um highly rated prospects uh both in oklahoma's backfield and i'm not kind of not really sure. I haven't really heard a whole lot of buzz around around either of them. I'd love to hear uh, you talk a little bit, if you can, about uh, Gavin Sawchuk as well as Javante Barnes, both saw limited action. Uh, do you think either one of them has an opportunity to be relevant from a NFL perspective one day in fantasy?
2: Yeah, I think one or both could. Uh, Sawchuk has apparently added some weight, which is that that needed to happen. Uh, Barnes saw some some real action because his body was just ready to go a little bit earlier than Sawchuck. We love the electric uh, explosive nature of Sawchuck's game coming in. I think many did. Uh, But uh, Barnes was just the bigger, yeah, kind of more more ready body to go. So uh, now that they're both, they've been there a a year, uh, we can see both of them actually come into play. And I'm not saying it's going to be another Joe Mixon or some Magic P-Rod scenario uh, coming out of – Oklahoma, but they both have uh draftable uh kind of profiles. Uh so yeah, I am definitely watching both of those guys.
1: But again, probably the right range, you know, back half yeah, of the later. top fifty. Back
2: <laughs> kind half of for the top fifty for sure. you know, Audrey Casteme, at Notre Dame. Uh just kind of like a, a really I'm not sure he's that's super dynamic. His last name? I believe so. Okay. I uh, like it. I yeah. would just
1: always say esteem. <laughs> so I've yeah. been I've been the idiot all this time. <sighs> yeah.
2: But uh, I'm not sure he's super dynamic, but he's a really disciplined runner that uh, I think has good dis- like decision making and uh, can can score in close. So, so yeah, I, I think he, he's a name to watch as well. Uh, some really like uh, Roman Hemby, Adam Maryland. I'm not really there with him, uh, but he he's somebody that you're probably gonna have to take higher than even the guys we're talking about if you want him because there's always one person in, in, in my leagues that likes him more than me. Yeah. But, uh, uh, that's that's one name I, I, i'm trying to avoid because sometimes like half the half the battles just knowing their names to dodge and, and he's one of them for me okay
1: yeah i've got him at 38 actually one spot ahead of what did you call him estimate <laughs> estimate i was gonna say esteem again okay i like that um what about let's go to ucla carson Steele. Any thoughts there? We we just saw um, UCLA is, is kind of turning over a new leaf with DTR being drafted as well of, as, of course, um, my my favorite running back of all time, Zach Charbonnet. Um, not really, but close. Uh, do you think there's an opportunity for Carson Steele to to make a name for himself? Not a lot of people know who this guy is.
2: Yeah, I was hopeful that that would be the case because it would be really cool to see a guy go from the Mac to the Pac-12 and then to the NFL. Uh, but it, it actually, he might not even start now. It could be uh, TJ slash uh, Tamarian Harden. That's actually the guy um, who saw some work last year. And he might actually be the leader in that backfield. And, and if he is the leader for like two years, uh, he's the guy that I, I'm more interested in and would okay. have uh, up there above steel right now uh, until we learn more about uh, how that backfield actually plays out.
1: No, that's good to know. So if you have an upcoming Debbie draft, maybe don't take Carson Steele just yet. Who are some other names? I, I wanted to ask you actually one more name. Uh, Relique Brown, we mentioned USC earlier. Relique Brown was a pretty highly recruited player last year, uh, suffered um, some injuries. Um, I mean, I, you know, running back in college, you're going to get banged up at some point. But um, what are your thoughts on Relique Brown? Uh, we talked about how Marshawn Lloyd just transferred over. Uh, do you think brown has i think he may have been even working out with wide receivers a little bit do you think he has a role as a running back moving forward
2: i think he's actually going to end up be uh being a a wide receiver yeah when it's all said and done so i think he's probably gonna pivot and be like a slot for them and and that's okay i I think uh other uh long shot names uh now less so uh jeremiah cobb at auburn because if jarquez hunter Mm -hmm. is done uh they have austin a couple other guys there but Jeremiah Cobb is actually a top 200 overall uh, true freshman in, in this class, and now he could slide in and actually be a guy who sees significant work as a true freshman just out of necessity. So if you that's think the that case. Happen? I think there's a good chance. Uh, I, I was yeah. worried he would do almost nothing as a true freshman, uh, but I think there's a good chance that he actually sees some real work uh, now. So he's he's ne- one name I, I definitely am uh, paying attention to. Um. You know, and then in, in this freshman class, I really like, uh, I actually really like, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Uh, Jeremiah Love, uh, another guy that could actually take over the Notre Dame. Where, where is he at? He's Notre Dame. He was He's like an athlete designation for a little while, uh, but you're probably going to go with running back for him. And so uh, definitely somebody I'm, I'm keeping my eye on there uh, at Notre Dame. Uh, Would you draft so, him? I mean, obviously
1: eventually you would, but not after 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 guys like Selden and and,
2: and others in in that nature. But uh, in terms of pedigree, he's actually a top 100 player in the class. So uh, really like his overall athletic skill set. So if he's actually used in a really fun way at some point, another name, I I would believe in him. So just another name to uh, keep in your back pocket out of this true freshman class.
1: Awesome. Any other names that you want to talk about? Any other, um, running backs that you think we, we need to mention here before we, we take off again, we've probably gone through about 40 different players now.
2: <laughs> Maybe we just need, need to not forget CJ Donaldson, uh, who was actually like a tight end, right. you know, and then he converted yeah, to running Virginia. back and uh, was immediately productive. Uh, missed some time, but uh, he's still going to be the guy probably this year. And so uh, don't forget that uh, he's still there. And, uh, and, and he's did, somebody actually. who could actually get, some, yeah, he's somebody that could get uh, some real capital. So, uh, another name to know and uh, might actually project to be kind of a fringe round three, round four kind of player.
1: Oh, that's a that's a good name to remember. Um, another guy that I, I think could have a, a fun year and if things break right, and we've seen some flashes here and there, is Anthony Grant, uh, Nebraska. But again, I'd rather have someone younger who projects to have a, a higher ceiling than uh, than Anthony Grant, but. Uh, anything else you want to talk about when it comes to running backs before we take
2: off? I mean, I could, but, <laughs> but, but I think I think we're good. I think we're good yeah. for now. we we got a lot of names for people to uh, dive into. Uh, but, yeah, feel free to reach out to, to, to me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M uh, or StayFundLako at StayFundLako, L-A-K-O, on Twitter, and we'd be glad to dive even further into these running backs. And I have had a lot of people reach out. Uh, after I actually invite you guys to on the show, so I appreciate that. It's good to uh, get to know some of the listeners and really just get to know some of like your league mates even, and and, and it's helped me kind of think think through some different strategies. So don't hesitate to reach out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'd also appreciate if I know a lot of you guys listen to this on the Rotoviz main feed, which is amazing. Uh, if you could also uh, follow along on the College to uh, Campus. Podcast feed as well. You can find us in all the same places you find Roto-Viz. Um Follow us along there. That would be awesome. Subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, thank you guys so much. We do appreciate y'all listening, um, even through what many people think is the off-season. Uh, we would never be so brash as to, to use a word like that. But we're excited, man. We're, we're getting closer. I have, uh, I've got my first new Debbie startup uh kind of launching next this uh this upcoming weekend so i feel ready uh to go and uh it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun yeah are you in the middle not of a lot of, of drafts too
2: uh no not right now i have a lot coming up in june and uh yeah. and then july uh which is when my uh second son is due to be to, to be Perfect. born so i'll probably be making some picks from the hospital yeah. uh but uh <laughs> Yeah, it, it is getting to be about that time. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, Travis, is a pleasure as always. Um, to all of you listening, thank you so much. Uh, we will be back with you soon talking about wide receivers and tight ends in the same kind of format. And uh, yeah, and, and if there's any specific players you want us uh, to talk about that maybe aren't like the obvious uh, Xavier worthies of the world, um, please let us know so we can a- address them as well. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you next week.